Hello and welcome to episode 1233 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Friday, December 1st. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning. It's December. Can you Good believe? morning. I can believe it's December. I mean, not really. I mean, the offseason's starting to go by really, really fast. Like, it's blazing. I mean, that's not bad, right? I can't wait to get back to baseball, but I can't believe it. I really can't believe that it's already December. And, you know, I've been saying this last two episodes. I'm going to say it one more time. Because by, well, maybe not by the next episode, by this time next week, we'll start to see if that's true. But this time last year was when things really perked up. Will we get that? There's no guarantees. But as I mentioned, I was looking at old pods and I just saw that around this time, early December, we had like three back-to-back pods that had several big signings or trades in them. And I'm hoping that we get that because we've been in a little bit of a lull. Like there's been trickles and, you know, Nola resigning and the Cardinals being active and the, my even my Tigers making a couple of solid moves. But it's been quiet. We're hearing rumblings. Winter meetings start soon. Do you think we're going to get the wave at the winter meetings? Yes, I, I think, think we so are. Too. I really, yeah. really do. And it's not I mean, just wishful thinking. I think there's a lot of stuff that's percolating and it will be finalized there. And there's just not that many amazing free agents this year. So it's not going to take much to get things really going. And yep. I mean, for the most part, we've already had a bunch of free agent signings. So like even like, you know, Nick Martinez signed. Uh, he signed with the know. Reds. I didn't put him on the rundown because when a pitcher goes to the Reds, like. Kind of hurts. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like He's Nick Martinez. For them, Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think there's a lot of other places he could have signed where he's a swing man type, but I think for the Reds, Nick Martinez starts. And, you know, again, I have some intrigue with him, but you put people in that park and we keep calling it Coors Jr. and all that. Like, then I'm going to treat the pitchers the same way I treat the hitters (laughs) when they go to Coors. So, you know, a hitter goes there to Cincy, I'm in inherently. Like, just I want to see what's up with them. I'm going to take a look. Uh, And then when the pitcher goes there, my instinct is, out and then I have to reassess and maybe get in on some of them. And right now, I just don't really see it with Nick Martinez, not the best spot he could have landed. Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, I'm maybe you know willing to take a dart throw on him in draft champions because I think sure. he'll stick in that I rotation. That. So, but other than that, I think uh, I mean I'll, I'll do my projections and you know, yeah, you know, decent home run rate in San Diego. Uh, gotta expect it's going to go up. You know, and how much damage does that do to the ERA uh, yep. with it going up? So, and that's a tough part for Nick Martinez. So, not yep. a bad signing by them. They got to get arms, and he's a quality arm. And yep. if they can get, you know, mid fours ERAs out of their guys, they should have enough offense that that actually keeps them kind of competitive. But well, we yes. don't get scaled ERAs for fantasy. So, even though a 450 in Cincy plays, it's still a 450 in our game. Yeah. It, it, the steamer has him for 473. I don't know that I'd go that high, but me neither. Uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's pretty brutal. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see how that goes with him. But we do have a couple of things to talk about. Uh, one big signing, or at least could be big. We'll see how healthy this guy stays. And then a huge, 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 huge rookie signing for a guy who hasn't even debuted. And that's going to be our springboard into our, our main topic today about discussing drafting guys with zero MLB experience. These last couple of years of rookie classes have been truly historic. We have new rules that encourage teams to maybe not be as shysty with keeping their guys down. And as such, I think players are taking uh, bigger opportunities with rookies in drafts. I think they're going to feel more justified to do it in the draft champions with the 50 round draft and hold. Although you and I have talked about, you got to be careful with that. You get three, four, four of those guys on your team. You pile up a few injuries and all of a sudden you can't fill a roster. So you do have to be careful with it, but we're going to talk about it. Uh, but first, let's talk about Luis Severino staying in New York, but heading to the Mets. And obviously, I, I preface this by saying it could be a big signing if he stays healthy. I know that's going to be your biggest if. But when you first saw this, Luis Severino to the Mets, what were your initial thoughts? I love this. I absolutely love this. He stays in New York, but he goes to the much better park. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, we talked about, you know, park factors uh, last episode and the Mets had the 19th best uh, park factors for right-handed pitching, and the Yankees had the third worst. So, like, and a, a better division of parks too, right? Because I then you're going so, yeah. to Miami, 
and which is pitcher friendly. I think Washington's neutral leaning hitters. It kind, it kind of varies, well, to be honest. It was running well, Washington, hitters. Washington, Washington, Atlanta are both in the top ten for hitters uh, okay. for uh, left-handed hitters, uh, but the Marlins and oh the Phillies. No, I guess it's not. Phillies got to be up there too. But then where's Phillies where's four. where's Boston, Toronto? <laughs> I guess Baltimore. It's uh, not as scary of a park anymore. So maybe maybe it's neutral. Maybe it's neutral on that. Yeah. Um, but what about the offenses contained within them, right? Like, because you're not scared of Washington. Uh, you're not scared of Miami. You are scared of Atlanta and Philly, of course, and he plays for the Mets. You would be scared of the O's, Rays, Jays, and Red Sox. So maybe yeah, still a better. Yeah. slight net benefit there. But with Severino specifically, we know it's health, right? Let me get you his ADP yeah. so I can ask if you're drafting him. We know that you have to consider the health as the biggest issue. I think it's baked into the price at 321. So I don't really yeah. want to hear people saying that because, yes, that's why you're getting him at 321. So then my question is to you, taking all that into consideration, the fact that you love the move, I'm going to guess... I'm not even going to ask. I'm going to guess that you are interested then in Luis Severino at 321. I'm interested in leagues where I can drop him. Right? So not so, DCs. Not so much DCs. Not so much um, gladiator. gladiators. Definitely not gladiators. Definitely no, not. no, no, no. Zero no. percent gladiator for me with Severino unless they have gladiators in the spring and I see him cooking in. In mm-hmm. spring, and even then, I still would be cautious about it. But I'd be more. They, interested. they won't. They won't have them in the spring. They won't so. have them. No, no, no. They would take an extenuating yeah. circumstance. So you're talking standard drafts. Yeah. What's the shallowness? Are you taking him in a twelve, Luis Severino, with seven to so. ten reserve picks? Yeah, because that's an easy first cut. Like, I mean, if he if he goes out there and looks bad in spring, or uh, or you know gets beat up in his first outing, like he's a just an easy cut. Uh, the question though is. Is he moving to a team that's not going to be competing? Because it's really hard to know what the Mets are going to do. Like, like someone asked me in my chat on Monday, like, uh, like, uh, what do you think the Mets are going for it, or do you think they're going to start the rebuild? Or what? They asked me what I would do. Actually, is what they asked me, and I said, you go all in for Otani, and if you don't get him, then. You tear it down to the ground. What about Yamamoto? You tear it down. Tear it down. Like, That's an insane take. How do you tear it down as the Mets? Like uh, you have what, too what much foundation. Uh, Nimmo, Lindor, Alonzo, McNeil, Marte that they've got like money tied into. Sanga, Diaz coming back. That's an insane take. I think you got to go for Otani Yamamoto. Um, you know, push in for them. The tough part is, is that Otani, with not being able to pitch this year, doesn't help their biggest need. They need pitching. The Mets do. You know, they yeah. got Sanga, Quintana, Severino. I mean, Sanga, I think, is pretty trustworthy. I like him. But even Quintana at 35 has looked better the last two years, but he's 35. Severino, we just talked about his issues. And then we got McGill and Lucchese penciled in behind them. That's suspect. So if they don't get Yamamoto and Otani, I don't think they're going to tear it down. That's what you would do. Fair enough. What do you think they actually do then if they don't get one of those big dogs? Do they supplement? They live in the land of mediocrity. And, and get like some some Kyle Gibson types, even though the yeah. guy himself is already is already scooped? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, maybe, maybe they go all in on Blake Snow, um, which would, you know, be good for him, good for them, but... Uh, Ah, man. Yeah, I, I don't know what they do. Like, there's just not, this is not the year to need, to need to reload. Like, you know, there's a few, you know, really good marquee free agents, as there always are. And there's a bunch of crap. Like, you know. Uh, do they so. get in the trade market then? Should they be talking um, to the White Sox about C? They absolutely and- should be in the trade market. Um, and they've been aggressive in the trade market in the past. So, wouldn't surprise me if they go out like if they went after a Corbin Burns or they went after um, Caesar Glass. Now. Caesar I think Glass any of those now. three. Like yeah, they, it would make a lot of sense and make their team look a little bit better. They also have to give like these young players a chance to play, right? Like I agree. You know, give all these young guys that they've got for cheap an, an opportunity to see what they have in them. So I think this is more of a transition year for them 
than anything because I don't think they'll tear it down to the ground and I don't think they're going to land Otani. So, yeah, you know, maybe so it's either. just kind of a transition year where they, they're going to be mediocre, but, you know, they'll get more information about where they're at. Yeah, I think that's fair with regards to the Mets. You know, Cohen has laid the groundwork for that by saying we're not going to be pushing until 25. Um, I think so that if he doesn't get Otani or Yamamoto, he, he can really peel back and not have to go after Snell and the consolation prizes in the market and and give himself some protection there. But uh, I don't know that fans are going to accept that. So we'll see how that goes with them. Let's get into this Jackson Chorio situation that we hinted at earlier. Uh, the Mets, the, excuse me, the Milwaukee Brewers are finalizing a big deal with him. One of the premier prospects, top five, pretty much anywhere you look, pretty much top three, really. Um, looking at an eight-year, $82 million deal with uh, a $2 million buyout on a pair of team options, which if it's anything like the uh, the Albies deal, or most of these deals, those options will be very strong uh, for, for the team, meaning that they'll probably pick those up as well. But yeah, I mean, this seems this seems great. I these are win win for me. I never understood the people that are like, no, you got to bet on yourself and and try to go for the the big hit when you reach free agency. You know how much time it is between now and free agency. You get eighty two mil right now if you're Jackson Chorio uh, for your family at age twenty at age nineteen. Excuse me, with uh, six games at AAA. And that way, if your knee explodes tomorrow, your family's set. And then if you are as good as everyone believes that you can be, you're still going to get a nine-figure deal down the line. How's this not a win-win? I love this for the Brewers and for Chorio. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I always am in favor of these kind of deals. I know that he means he's going to leave money on the table if he is a star, but you know, ask Scott Kingery and John Singleton and Evan White, like how they feel about their kind of pre-arb deals. Um, so like, and some of these guys are coming from like some of the poorest nations in the world. I can't remember yeah. where Churio is from, but uh, like, like these Curtis guys. Venezuela, not sure his financial status there, but the bottom line is this is life-changing money. Yeah, I mean, if you're Fernando Tatis Jr. and you have a Fernando Tatis Sr., I get not doing this deal sure. because you know you're okay. But a lot of these guys are like, you know, from middle or extremely low income homes. And like, if you, I, you know, I, I'm a upper middle class, you know, household. If you offered me $80 million, even though I might be able to get $200 million later, like, uh, I would take that eighty million dollars in a heartbeat. Like, yeah, I think I think it's like, crazy. Like, you know, uh, people also have to consider, like, you know, when they're making league min, yeah, and now he's making ten mil instead of seven hundred and fifty thousand. I mean, come on, man. And plus, it gets him to the show sooner, and that's the thing too. Place him for an organization that would have messed with his service time. I mean, for sure, because the they Brewers, pinch pennies. Yeah. The Brewers, you know, just, you know, non-tendered Brandon Woodruff, and they're talking about trading away uh, Corbin Burns because they don't want to pay them. Right? Exactly. Like, now, um, he, I still don't think that we're going to see Chardon necessarily break camp because, again, he'll be 20 as a week at AAA, but it might be quick, and he might break camp, right? We're seeing these players set new boundaries with things so you can't follow all the old timelines perfectly and i'm not even going to be surprised if they're like you know what we signed him because we want him to come north with us immediately okay you know i, I get it I, i've been watching these games we see these these players doing this so maybe that's the case but i uh, i really really like this it's going to affect his draft stock and again this takes us into our big topic today of drafting um, untested rookies, so guys that haven't been in the major leagues at all. We're definitely seeing more of it. We'll start with Chorio. He's not the highest. Then we'll go in in order of uh, of how they're being picked. But since we're talking Chorio, we should talk about his 211 ADP. Again, that's going to go up. Do you think he surpasses another big Jackson? Uh, the Not consensus, I don't think, but very close to the consensus number one prospect, Jackson Holiday. Maybe he is. Maybe he is ranked number one everywhere. But either way, he's going at pick uh, 192. Do you think Chorio leapfrogs Holiday? I just want to point out that Jackson Chorio is now the uh, second highest paid player on the Brewers. <laughs> Sweet. 
and it's not particularly close. His average salary is double the third guy of Aaron Ashby. Wow. So they are really strict. I mean, and like you said, they're talking trading uh, yeah. Burns. And so they're going to be stripping this sucker down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that he definitely could pass uh, Holiday here at some point. Um, where did you say Holiday was going? Holiday's 192, Chorio's 211, yeah, he, so it won't yeah, take he, that much. He's going to pass him for sure. Now, do you think he I think, should? I don't. I think Jackson I Holiday is a is a generational talent, and I think he's going to be up day one as well. I've, um, I think both uh, will likely push up as we you think, start. Do you think Holiday's breaking camp? I think he is, yeah. I mean, he's a monster. I don't even think yeah. you're completely out of pocket for saying that. The Orioles a, were pretty aggressive with their guys last year. Like He had so, a four-level season. He got two and a half weeks at AAA mm -hmm. uh, with 18 games there, 91 plate appearances. They fast-tracked him. I Again, I wouldn't be surprised. He'll be 20 himself. So one of those two 20-year-olds could easily break camp with their team. Both could. I think Holiday has the better chance than Churio. I think so. Um, I think so, too. But uh, although the tough part is, is the team context, you would think that that would favor Chorio because Milwaukee, again, well, their outfield is a strength, so maybe not. Yeah. But I was just, I was just thinking like Baltimore has so much middle infield that maybe Holiday doesn't have an immediate fit. Of course, he does based on his talent and expectation, but they can finagle it where they're like, nah, we're gonna stick with, uh, you know, Gunner and and Westberg up the middle, and we'll get Holiday up later. But we even have him penciled in on roster resource as the opening day uh, shortstop Jackson Holiday. So I agree with you. I don't think Chorio should pass him in ADP uh, 211 versus 192 for Holiday. Chorio will almost certainly pass him. I think that'd be a bit of a mistake. Are you paying that that 192 for Holiday at all or anything around the, the 200 range? Sure. Yeah. You, you, I, you're in on that? Okay. I'm not doing in Gladiator because I just don't know exactly when he's going to be in. But uh, yeah, I, I have no problem uh, drafting uh, drafting Holiday, uh, especially in like draft champions where you know, like, oh, I can plug in a Tim Anderson yep. or you know whoever uh, to like cover a shortstop until Holiday's ready. I'm open to taking either Jackson, Chorio, or it's Holiday in draft champions. Even at that elevated price, I would have to have a particular team construction where I feel comfortable with it, but I'm not out on it, um, you know, just because their talent is so high and the way we're seeing rookies contribute. This next guy, though, we have talked a bit about him um, at different times, but Wyatt Langford, his price is through the roof. Now, you talk about somebody who popped off last year. Dude was drafted last year and still had a four-level season. Spent a few moments at the Complex League, then went high A, double A, triple A. Only got five games at triple A because his time was running out. I mean, if, he, if he'd if he had a little bit more time, and he might have been in the majors with Evan Carter. I think we mentioned that during the playoffs. But he was blazing hot, just ripping through all these different uh, leagues. At age 22, there's an even bigger expectation that Wyatt Langford could break camp. Um, he's picked 138 on average. That's got to be one of the highest ever for somebody who has not played a major league game, especially in winter drafts. It's a little bit different in March when a guy looks like he's going to break camp and, and people can feel more confident about him. But what about somebody who is who has not, broken camp, not been on the major league team and is a top 150 pick? Am I crazy or is Wyatt Langford the highest uh, inexperienced guy ever? I don't think he's the highest. I think Acuna was pretty uh, high. Uh, Before he ever played? Oh, yeah, he was probably yeah. he was probably top 100, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, I remember, I remember again, getting in arguments with people about about Acuna. And, but wasn't uh, that in the spring that he got up to top 100? Yeah. I, I don't know if well, he was and top. And he got hurt. And so like yeah. Or actually he got hurt in season. So, um, but... I mean, yeah, it might not be Langford, but either way, what about Langford then? Because he's not penciled in. We don't have him. And I'm not saying that everything that Jason Martinez has on roster resource is Bible. He does excellent work, but of course, sometimes he's going with his best guess here. It's a Evan Carter, Leody Tavares, Adelise Garcia outfield. And I don't really think Wyatt Langford has to play over any of those three. You know, we're Leody guys. Carter acquitted himself brilliantly. And of course, Adelise Garcia is not going anywhere. So does Langford even break camp? 
And then how are you paying 136 for a guy you got to wait on? I'm not paying 136, but I think I would pay 150 and after. So you, uh, you, it's just a round hot close. for you? Yeah, it's about a round hot for me. Okay. Um, I think once you start getting into like the 11th round uh, of the 15 team draft, like I think I would take that gamble. Uh, I do think he's going to be up fairly quickly. The only issue is he's not like a premium defensive player. At least it doesn't project as one. And the other um, three are. Yeah. And I think that that is important to the Rangers. You look at like uh, Garcia, you look at Tavares, like they're both very, very good defensive outfielders. Uh, in that spacious outfield in Texas, so Carter too. Uh, don't don't yeah. sleep on Carter's mm-hmm. defensive ability. He, he's he's strong out there as well. So they got three guys ready to rock out there. And then do you bring up a rookie like Langford to DH? Yeah. So I'm I'm a little bit more tentative that he's going to break camp uh, with the team. I think he's much more likely to to sit down there for at least a month. Uh, but he destroyed every level he went to and. It wouldn't take like if he's mashing in his first month in AAA, like, and they go, well, "What does he have left to prove?" We're trying to win another World Series, like, yeah, like I, they probably do bring him up, and he could be fantastic. Uh, you know, obviously, I don't think he's going to hit for the kind of batting averages uh, that he hit for in the minor leagues, but I do think he's going to hit for power, and I do think he's going to steal bases, and so I have no yeah, problem Langford. drafting Langford. Langford looks like, I mean, he's just got everything. Big time tools out of Florida. And look, right now we have Ezekiel Duran penciled in as the DH. Um, I think both of us have gotten the question recently in chats about his status. I saw that uh, you agreed that like, it's just hard to find everyday PT. If he got moved, yeah. What's that? If he got moved somewhere, like. Oh yeah. But on that club, I'm just not sure it's there. And then. While you don't necessarily want a 22-year-old Langford DHing, if he's clubbing the ball in AAA the way we saw him, they're just going to have to, and they'll figure yeah. it out. And yeah. Adelise can get a day at DH, and Carter can, and uh, Leody can even if if they want to try Langford in center, um, or or Leody can even get some days off. I love Leody, you yeah, do too, Le- but like Leody, he's not. Leody becomes a fourth outfielder if this is you know the way things are looking. I mean. Mm. Possibly, he's such a good defender, man. I don't know. He's, I, I, he's a my, great my defender. For him but how do you keep? I mean, and this is all contingent on you know guys staying healthy, right? Mm-hmm. First and foremost, and like Evan Carter actually producing at the level that we saw him producing in in and Garcia in and, and Garcia because I'm still holding stop. firm. Just stop. He's like he, no, 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 no. Okay, jokes aside. Jokes aside. If he doesn't hold that walk rate, how, are you not concerned? I think he has to hold the walk rate gains. At least Garcia went from six to ten percent. He plays no matter what. Like it's just like he plays if he's toting like an eighty-eight WRC plus. Yeah, striking out thirty percent of the time. No way. Because Def- defensively he's good, and they will they will just. But give they're him all the good. Like he would have to for half a season carry that to lose his job. Depends how well Langford and Carter are playing. I'm just saying. I've taken my fat L's on Adelise. You're going to keep still, taking them very late. I'm going to because I'm still terrified if that walk rate doesn't hold. If you can guarantee me that the 10% walk rate holds, I, I can get behind Garcia. Otherwise, I'm going to continue to keep taking losses until he flops, which he eventually will. And so in four yeah. years, when he's finally yeah. done, I'll get yeah. my victory lap going. Eight years down the road. He'll it ain't going to take that long. He's 31 next year. I... I, I <laughs> I have never been wrong about Adelise Garcia. No, never. Never. Let's move on. So we talked to the Jacksons, uh, Cherio and Holiday and White Langford. By the way, there's another Jackson rising too, Jackson Merrill, who we're not going to talk about here. Um, he is being drafted, but I really don't see a clear path for him. Some of these other guys you probably won't either. I just chose 10 guys. He was a cutoff. I chose Ethan Salas over him as far as the the Padre we're going to talk about. But we're going to talk about Paul Skeens first, the number one overall pick. He's going around pick 278. I think that's fair. Um, I don't think that that's too out of pocket for Paul Skeens to, to take a shot in draft champions because even if he misses a month, I'll take four months for a pick 278. Um, do you think Paul Skeens is up relatively quickly? I know the Pirates aren't really competitive, but do they have any reason to hold him down if he goes to AAA and has a good first three to five weeks? 
Yeah, I, I think he's going to be up fairly early. I don't think he breaks camp with the team. Uh, this, they will play the service time games with him unless he signs some sort of deal, which I just, mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine. He's he had seven there. innings, right? Yeah, like, like, he didn't even get a Langford type. They just wanted to know. try him out. They they shut him down. They were open about it and say, hey, we saw what we wanted to see. Our boy's good. He gets the, yeah. the, he gets to go on the shelf now. So he needs some time. And none of it was at AAA either. So yeah. I think he needs about a month. But pick 278 for Paul Skeens. Like I said, five months of him for that. I'm in. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that either. Again, I want to reiterate with people, like especially if you're in draft champions, do not draft all these guys together. Like, no, 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 no. One. Know, like, yeah, one. Yeah, one, maybe two. Um, maybe two if things break for you and one of them is super late. Because we're yeah. after Skeens here, every other guy's 500 and later. So if you take one of the four early guys and then one of these six later guys, I can get behind that. But if you're taking Chorio, Holiday, and Skeens, just yeah. send, just Venmo me your money because you're burning it. Yeah, and yeah. I'll spend it better. You're going to be in trouble. Yeah, because I mean, one, you're counting on these guys to hit, um, and the hit rate on prospects is not as great as we always expect it to be. No, uh, and two, like uh, you could get hit with a rash of early injuries, and all of a sudden you're taking zeros, and those zeros kill you. Absolutely. Um, so. Yeah, so I, I would not take multiple of these guys. And if I were going to take multiple of these guys, I would take one hitter and one pitcher. Yes. I would not load up on two hitters or two pitchers, things like that. So Completely agree. So uh, let's keep That being said, I have no problem taking skeins. I think he's no. going to be up. I think he's going to be pretty good, too. I mean, he's the cheapest of the four and thus my favorite, um, even though he's the pitcher. I know pitchers are scary, but I, I love Paul Skeens. A, a Paul S. Of course, I have to draft him, obviously, oh, yeah. automatically. Makes sense, yeah. Let's talk about his former teammate in college, Dylan Cruz, who's going, you know, 250 picks after him, 507. Like, I get it, he's in Washington, but like we said, uh, Skeens is in Pittsburgh. So neither's on a competitive team. And I do believe that Cruz himself, you know, isn't likely to break camp unless he comes out with a big deal. But he was just fine. Like, he was great in uh, A ball, struggled a little bit in double A with his small sample, 20 games, 85 plate appearances. I'm not saying that i'm just saying we've been so um you know praiseworthy of everyone that dominated in their tiny samples that we do have to note that it didn't go as well in double a i don't really care about that i think cruz four and a half months for pick 500 is that not worth it i mean how long do you think he's going to need in the minors uh month month and a half i mean here's the thing like you know like if you did a first-year player draft prior to the draft or right after the draft, you were taking Cruz first overall, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. now he's probably going to be going third overall um, or fourth or maybe even fifth, depending on like where like international town. So like, yep. I don't know what's yeah, changed that Yamamoto people, could. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't know what what has necessarily changed in terms of his long-term profile for Dynasty uh, that means he shouldn't even be going above you know guys like schemes uh and langford so uh i love cruz for this year i don't know that he's up before like june or july uh at the earliest so um Washington's, i don't think that's impossible i i, I don't, I don't think, think it's you're, impossible. you're, like, you're wrong be, on that no no i'm yeah. saying what you're oh. saying I, I don't think that's out of pocket at all um there is an avenue I do think like where there's it is a, quicker. There's, there's a yeah, there's a clear path to playing time because there is nobody blocking him on the national. Exactly. But they're also an organization that loves the service time games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're not gonna be good. Like like there is a world where Pittsburgh is good this year. I uh, agree. There's a or, world or, where the Brewers are good this year. There is no world. Where the Washington Nationals? Are good How dare you say that about a team that has Josiah Gray and Mackenzie Gore, your two favorite pitchers? In the My universe. boys, yeah, and CJ they Abrams. Could each, they could each win twenty games for the Nationals, and they still wouldn't win eighty games. Horseshit! If they both won twenty games, <laughs> then this team there's there's no way they're gonna get double Steve Carlton's <laughs> where they win. 40 games with two guys and then they win like 65 on the year no way because the offense still needs to support them 
Hot takes for breakfast. Hot takes for breakfast. By the way, um, are are the Nats not your favorite team? I mentioned uh, Gore and Gray, C.J. Abrams, Luis yeah. Garcia, Carter Keboom. <laughs> You're a big Nats guy. They're all my realizing. boys. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you re- we should really take your opinions of them pretty seriously because you're very dialed in on uh, what they got going on. I agree. They're not going to be very good. They could keep him down for a while, but at pick 507, even if you only got four months, if he's not down there for two months, obviously, again, you need some good luck with your health and everything so that you're not uh, burning that spot when you can't put anybody in, but you can probably afford to have Cruz parked for two months, get him for the summer and be worth pick 507. Are you drafting him down there? Probably not. Okay. Just too yeah. long potential. I, uh, yeah. Out. And there's a chance like he's just not out this year at all. So like I just. Um, He'd have to fall on his face, wouldn't he? Probably. 20, but... 22 years old at double A. I think he'd have to die. <laughs> have to die. I mean, it's the Nationals. Like, I just don't trust the organization at all. Like, so I don't want him to die. Um, by the way, that was not an advocation yeah. for that. I'm just saying. I, I think something pretty bad would have to happen. You're right that like they're a team that definitely does stuff like that. But I just think like if if he's up in mid August, think about like just by getting a part time player, like how much more production you're gonna have gotten over the course of the year. Like it just. To me, like, there is just, I mean, I guess if you haven't taken any of those guys and you've, you know, already and you are, you know, you've been very, very safe about your projections in terms of your at-bats and innings pitch and things like that, then, yeah, you take the gamble. And if he never comes up, he never comes up. But, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I hate taking a guy like that and then in July you don't have a fifth outfielder to play. I know. And uh, listen – I appreciate that we preach that and make sure people don't make mistakes by piling up too many guys that can't play for them. We've both been in situations where we didn't even necessarily do that, but then the injuries took over and all of a sudden we're looking up on May 1st and we're like, I don't have a corner right now. Mm-hmm. So I get it. But f- but you can have a gamble or two with pick 500. Absolutely. I, I, I think one of these guys, and, and Cruz isn't going to be yours. That's fair. Maybe... You know what? I'm going to switch the order here, even though the numerical order is a little different. Because we're talking Washington, let's move James Wood above Colson Montgomery for a second. They're one pick apart, 545 and 544 respectively. But my guess is if you don't like Cruz, you probably don't like Wood, although they've both been at double A. What do you think about James Wood coming off a nice two-level season at high in double A where he cooked at both? He'll be 21 next year. He's a power speed guy. I think power first. A lot of swing and miss in his game, but the dude, I mean, he's a force too. 6'6", 250, absolute hoss. What do you think of James Wood? Any interest for him this year? I kind of feel the same way. I think Wood has a chance to get up a little bit sooner than uh, than Cruz, but uh, the strikeouts are concerning. This wasn't a guy that uh, you know we expected to necessarily strike out at a 30% clip. Uh, he struck out a 33% clip in double A. So it's a big jump uh, up in swing strike rate too. I might add 15% yeah. easily a, uh, uh, a high of any level, except for his complex league at 18 when it was a 25% swing strike rate, which, you know, he was 18 and it was his first taste of pro. So James Wood swing and miss is there. At least he takes the walks that counterbalance. Yeah. He does have the power and speed, but he could be one of those volatile profiles that takes some time. Yeah, and I mean, I still, you know, for Dynasty, I still love all these guys, right? Yes, like, yes, yes. Just because is, I won't, we're talking this year specifically. Yeah, just because I wouldn't take them in a draft champions league doesn't mean I wouldn't, you know, love to have them on my Dynasty League uh, teams. Uh, and I do have a lot of James Wood on Dynasty League teams, uh, but I think for 2024, I just think, you know, strikeout rate like that, uh, and being on an organization like the Nationals who don't care if they're good or not uh, at this point. So uh, I'm probably just going to pass and, and hope that I get to see it at some point for my Dynasty League teams and, yeah. and not worry about it for my redraft ones. That that would be fun to get to see James Wood up at some point in the summer. Um, pretty much not taking James Wood in redraft here in, in these uh, draft champions. But I think I would take Cruz in the 400s even. I just want to be clear that like, I'm, I'm a good bit higher on Cruz than Wood for this year. Um, because I agree with your original point with, with Cruz. Like, he was the number one guy unquestioned. 
I understand why some people might have passed. Like, if you take Skeens, I'm not, I'm not cutting on you. You take, you take Yamamoto. That's a totally different thing. I totally get that um, because he's supposed to come over and be an ace. But if you're talking about just the draftees last year. If you take Langford, I get that. But this notion that Langford has unquestionably passed Cruz because of what he did in that small sample. Yeah, that's, that's what uh, I just don't agree yeah. with. Mm-hmm. And so I still really, really love Cruz. Uh, I know there was rumors, and I love Max Clark. I'm excited about what the Tigers got. But there were rumors that one of the LSU guys was going to fall to three, and I was desperately praying. I would have taken Skeens or Cruz for my Tigers all day long. So I love both those guys. I would really go for Cruz this year, not so much James Wood. Colson Montgomery, got to see him at the Fall League. He's a White Sox uh, for those that don't know, your boy Paul DeYoung didn't put him on the rundown. Didn't think we really needed to do a Paul DeYoung breakdown, but he did sign over do. there. <laughs> and he and uh, he and Nicky Lopez are really blocking off the uh, the middle infield there. And they're going to keep <laughs> Colson Montgomery out of playing time. Uh, I don't think that's the case. Finishing school uh, is what we often refer to uh, AFL as, right? Kind of your last. Yep. Not always. Like sometimes there's young guys that go there. Our boy Austin Riley, remember we talked about seeing him there and falling in love. It took him another two years to get to the majors. But a lot of times it's the guys that are going to be up the following year. I think Colson Montgomery's one of those guys. He spent uh, a month and a half in double A, acquitted himself well. He'll be 22 next year. Are you picking him at pick 544? Do you think the White Sox have him up in a timely fashion at all? Um, I think he could be up fairly early. I don't know that he's going to be a guy that is up, uh, you know, day one at all. Like, I don't think there's really any shot he's up day Especially one. Especially with where they're at, right? Like, they, yeah. they're really, you know, you can envision a world. I'm not saying that we need to pretend that the Nats are good, but you can envision a world where a handful of breakouts happen and they're like a low to mid 70s win team, which is just kind of your run of the mill crappy team like they they won 71 last year if the nats won 78 this year that would not be crazy the white Sox were terrible last year i don't see how they're not terrible again this year so there's no rush to get colson montgomery up especially because they have made it pretty clear they will trade anybody uh and you know the guys that have been most rumored are their best players right exactly so So i uh, agree there but then Conversely, does that then open the door for Montgomery to play for five months? I don't know because are they if, if they're te- actually tearing it down to the are they going to put lamos in? Are they yeah? Are they going to like want to start a guy's clock like that unless Montgomery like decides he's going to sign a deal? Um, I don't know that they're going to so. I think there, there, are, there are definitely people who are like talking about Montgomery as a guy like, hey, this is the guy you need to get. Like, mm-hmm. he's going to be up really early. You know, the rules for like helping, like, you know, bring these guys up are all around like, you know, rookie of the year voting, right? If yeah. you're not going to bring a guy up day one, like you're setting him back, which means then you're setting the team back in terms of getting those high picks for your voting. Yeah, so, it's kind like, of either the if, if you don't get them up right away, then then it reverts back to the old school of like, just probably leave them down if you're a crappy team, right? Yeah, exactly. So I don't know that Montgomery is up early enough um, to warrant like being super excited by him. But he like, I mean, he's going 544, like, fine. Like that, that there's, there's no harm in, in missing that pick. So if yeah. that's your dude, then go for it. And he's interesting. Colson Montgomery's got some real pop. Um, he is kind of a an offensive guy only, like or a, a power guy only. Doesn't really bring any speed to the table. And so I think he's got to hit for some decent average to really be a, a fantasy force at that pick pick count. Like we're talking five forty four. It's not going to kill you. Probably other guys I'd rather take a shot on. But I am intrigued by him. Um, got to see him at Fall League and then saw him, saw some interviews from Fall League with him and, you know, came away. I think this guy has a good idea of what's going on and could be a fun hitter. I just don't know if I want anything White Sox related this year. Really good plate skills. I mean, we're talking about a guy who is great plate skills. Yeah, 21% strikeout rate, uh, 15% walk rate at double A last year. Uh, you know, got a little bit unlucky in the Babbitt department. I think he probably should have hit for a little bit better average in double A. So I think he's one of those guys, like, I think he's Marcus Simeon-esque. Like, I, obviously not the same player. I like where uh, you're at with that. But the kind of, you know, 
he could be if if he reaches his you know preferred outcome like that he could be a Marcus Simeon type. And right down to the fact that he needs to improve his defense if he wants to stay yeah. short. Uh, so we're talking earlier Simeon when he was showing promise, but the defense was just horrendous. He figured out his defense and became an all-world player. Colson has the bat. Colson Montgomery, he has a bat foundation. Those plate skills are incredible, like you said. He is not a true shortstop. They might, if he gets time this year, it's part of like, hey, we suck. We might as well just play him there. Uh, but I think his home might be second or third in the future. So and that we'll, could we'll keep him down for, for longer, right? Exactly. Like, you know, like sometimes it's a team being, you know, dicks in terms of like saying like, <laughs> oh, he needs to work on his defense. Work on his defense, yeah. But sometimes it's actually true. And I think this is one of those situations that it, where it could actually be true. I agree. I agree. Sometimes I say he needs to work on his defense and you look up and he's a DH and you're like, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about all that. But Colson Montgomery does uh, does need some work there. Let's talk in, in the same division here, but a, a team that's competing is Minnesota. And they've got Brooks Lee on the way up. And he's a really interesting guy. You know, they just keep churning out talent. The, their next, you know, feat would be to keep a, a great prospect healthy. They bring them up. They tantalize. They look exciting. Now let's try to keep one on the damn fucking field. But, um, you know, I'm not bitter about all the years of drafting Buxton and, and Royce Lewis. <laughs> I, I swear. I, that's not why I'm dropping F-bombs at all. But uh, Brooks Lee, double-A, triple-A season, nice uh, pop, little bit of speed thrown in, not 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 too much, to be honest. You're talking about like a probably a 6 to 10 stolen base chip in, uh, upper teens homers to, to 20 maybe, but decent batting average, kind of do everything, switch hitter. Can he be up quick enough to merit a 641 pick for you? Brooks Lee of the Minnesota Twins, or is he blocked off by the fact that Polanco has to play second? The Correa with his contract is playing short, and there's no room at the end for Brooks Lee. Where do you come out with him? Um, I mean, I don't think Polanco's blocking anybody. I just, I mean, I don't at this point. Like he was a great player. Him? Sure, why not? Like, I mean, and and this is also reliant on like all those guys in the infield and the outfield, I guess, staying healthy, staying healthy which yeah. none of them can do. So, like, Brooks Lee's one of those guys where, like, at first I was like, no, there's no way I'm drafting Brooks Lee. I actually kind of would because I think there is a pretty good chance. You know, he had 168 uh, plate appearances at Triple A. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he didn't hit particularly well, but you know, he hit for some power. He showed really, really good plate skills with a 17% uh, strikeout rate, 9% walk rate. Uh, the question is, can he play enough defensive positions? Because like he's not going to play shortstop as long as Correa is healthy. So is he versatile enough defensively where he could play second base, play third base? Played a uh, bit of third last year. So that seems to be the avenue know. that they're looking at. Of course, that's Royce Lewis's spot, but that goes back to your original point about can Royce stay healthy? I love Royce, yeah. but can he stay healthy? And... If they stick with the Buxton DH thing, do they put Royce in center? Yeah. And then to get Brooks Lee at third as a way to get him uh to get Lee in the lineup. So I think at pick six something, I- I'm in on on him. Six forty one with the health of Minnesota's players, I think Brooks Lee for his skills, of course, too, not just because they can't keep anybody healthy, but also because he's a quality prospect with some promising skills. I think he's a worthy draft pick in draft champions at six forty one. Yeah. I mean the only thing is he like just doesn't have like premier upside right like he's not he's not later yeah he's definitely an accumulator he's not one of these guys like the ones we've been talking about like Langford or a dylan cruz that like oh if they come up and hit like they're gonna be huge difference makers like yep uh brooks lee is more of a guy who like yeah i think accumulator is a perfect term for him right he's he's he'll he'll throw in some chipped in speed he might hit for you know just below league average power decent batting average but like he needs that playing time in order yeah, to that's really show his value. Exactly. And um, so, you know, that you might be underwhelmed, but again, if you get him at 641 and Brooks Lee comes up and plays five months for you, just having the body will help. Uh, but I agree that for his stats to look impressive, he's going to need uh, to really play. All right, we got two guys going 700 in later. So they're obviously at the very, very end of your 50 round draft and hold. 40 pick uh, round 47 here for Marcelo Meyer, who's going 700 on the button. Plays for the Boston Red Sox. 
you know, they, they have an interesting situation situation over there. I don't really know what, what they've got going. Like I, they're a weird team right now. They've got some intriguing pieces, but then do they have a good offense or not? I don't know. You know, right now, seven of their nine projected starters are left-handed with story and Connor Wong being the only righties. That just seems like an odd fit for, for them right now. And then you look at Meyer, he's another lefty. So can he come up at, at, at any point this year and be a factor for them? He played at double high in double A last year, killed high A, struggled at double A, 190 plate appearances with just a 63 WRC plus. Babbitt was 220. Yeah. So I think that was part of it. But also a ton of swing and miss, 26% K rate, 15% swing and strike, and his walk rate dropped to a career low 8%. So he he was he was getting beat too. I can't just give him the bad excuse. I think part of that was he wasn't comfortable. So I think he might need a little bit more double A seasoning and then triple A. So I think we're looking at four months at the max with Meyer, but at pick 700, your 46th, 47th pick, is that okay? Do you like Marcelo Meyer in Boston at all for draft champions? Uh, um, yeah, I think Meyer is, uh, interesting because I, I don't think he's going to be a shortstop anyways. Um, yeah, uh, Eric Lagerhagen did a, a really good article on some of the top prospects on the defensive prowess. I think it's yep. a really interesting thing to go read, especially if you're playing in dynasty. Um, I, so I don't know that he, he doesn't have a very strong arm and he's not amazing defensively. So I think he's one of those guys that probably ends up at second base, which is perfect because they've got story at shortstop story wants to play shortstop. Uh, and right now I believe they've got Emmanuel Valdez and Manuel Valdez. Yeah. So second base, second base kind of so, open right now. Yeah. I, I think he has an opportunity. Um, I think his path to playing time is actually pretty easy because as long as he hits it, it you know, I don't know if he's going to start double A or triple A, uh, but as long as he hits in the minor leagues, I think he could come up pretty early. Boston is a team that I think wants to compete. Hard to really understand exactly what's going on in Boston, but exactly, um, I think they do want to try to at least be competitive uh, this year, and uh, that's going to be a tall order in a division where they're the bottom feeder. They're the clear of the bottom team. Um, you know, with, uh, you know, the Orioles and, and the Blue Jays uh, and the Yankees and the Rays all looking like they could, you know, be playoff contenders. So uh, that being said, like, if they want to be competitive and they don't block him off, the problem is if they bring someone else in, that's a sign that maybe Mayer isn't coming up. Uh, as of yeah, now, there sure. hasn't been a lot of heat um, to uh, – uh, anybody going to Boston, especially in the infield. So I could see a world in which Mayor is up or, you know, around Memorial Day uh, and a pretty good player. I mean, he's got pop, good play skills. Uh, I think that they're, uh, I think he is, um, you know, old Dustin Projoya esque, right? Like a guy who can yeah. hit, uh, hit for a pretty good power in spite of, you know, not being like overly big dude. Uh, it's probably not going to run a ton, maybe just chips and steals, but some good batting averages to go along with it. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I like Meyer as a guy that you can take a gamble on because he's going that late. Yeah, pick 700 from Marcel Meyer is just so cheap that if you want to take the shot, you really don't even need more than three, four months uh, to possibly get value from that. Again, just be careful with how many of those guaranteed timeout guys you're taking, right? Like, And when we said don't pair multiple of these we also mean the guys that are injured for a month two months yeah like, that's all included when we when we say take one maybe two of these we mean guys that have guaranteed time missed which for marcelo meyer there is just no universe where he breaks camp it just yeah. there, nothing makes the, sense about that it is it is just as likely that he's not up before september than he's up you know like Memorial Day. So, like, I think exactly. he will be up Memorial Day-ish, um, maybe in June sometime. Uh, but, like, there's a realistic chance, like, you get absolutely nothing from the guy this year. And, mm -hmm. you know, every year, people draft rookies, uh, and they never make it to the majors. Um, yeah. And this is definitely one of those guys that could never make it to the majors.
absolutely. Uh, may, may, never make you mean ever or this year? No, no, no. I'm this year. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. I, I for, think for I 2024. Yeah. Um, yeah. And these are guys I don't draft. So, like, while I don't have a problem with you drafting them, I will not be drafting them. Like, if if, if you really like Meyer, Mayer and you think that, hey, he's going to be up and he could be really good or you just want to take a gamble late, I get it. I will not be drafting him. Unless we get some sort of news that changes things, he will not be on any of my teams this year. Yeah, I'm I'm generally the same. I, I have some exceptions every once in a while. I'll take a shot there. But for the most part, I'm just going to go. I mean, somebody like Jason Hayward's going 700. He just resigned with yeah. the Dodgers. I'd rather take his boring ass. Yep. I get it. People look around and they see um, Jet Williams, Justin Foscue, Marcelo Meyer, um, I can name a bunch of other prospects because there's a bunch down here. I'm taking Jason Hayward. Yeah. And when I first started draft champions, I would take a lot of the guys, the, the flashier guys. I've learned that oftentimes it's better to take the guy who's in the majors, who should at least get like 300 plate appearances. Like just yeah. that alone has more value than taking I the learned, shot. I learned my lesson a few years ago where like on May 15th, I was starting like Eric Sogard. <laughs> uh like yeah. at short it just takes because, something like yeah. that once for you yeah. to really snap into because okay especially when you're drafting infielders right and mayor's an infielder um it you know like typically what you're doing is you're drafting three guys per position mm -hmm. that means it only takes two injuries yeah if you draft a guy you're stashing at one of those positions so like I tend to lean towards if I'm going to take a gamble like uh, of a guy like that, I'll take an outfielder. Um, I'll take a pitcher. I might pitcher. even take a catcher um, because one, you're going to have more depth of those positions or you don't mind taking the zero at catcher if you're going to take it anywhere. Yep. I think that's a, that's a great way to put it. Speaking of catcher. Yeah, you like you like that transition. That Bro, is, your, your segues yeah. have been on fire yes. lately. Mm -hmm. Let's get back to the Padres here. Um, I say back to, I only mentioned Jackson Merrill. We didn't really talk Padres, but uh, Ethan Salas was who I cho chose over him to kind of highlight here just because of how unique he is. It's like truly unbelievable how crazy this guy is. He's like nine years old. I, I think I raised his age from last time. I think I said he was five and had a Paw Patrol birthday party, but he's so young. It's unbelievable. Pick 739 on average. Obviously people just taking like a random flyer. It's a catcher. He is literally literally 17 i think he might have actually turned eight no 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 he's, 17, he's still yeah. 17 right now he's 17 and a half even in doesn't fact, turn directly till june 1st like. yeah literally today he is 17 and a half so for those of you that are lame and celebrate half birthdays stop doing that but today would be ethan solace's <laughs> uh it's not a thing but anyway um 17 years old played at a high a double a only got a week at double a and high a each but already a brilliant catcher. Does he appear in the majors this year, Ethan Salas? No. Okay. So then you're definitely not drafting a catcher. No, no. like it's not. He's 17. Like is this he, a wasted pick? It absolutely is a wasted pick. Like, because even just, if he gets up, he's it'll not gonna be do September. Anything. Yeah. And, and like, he'll, he'll he'll be like a good defender, but draft champions leagues don't count framing. Yeah. And I mean, here's the thing, like in the state of California, you cannot legally work past 10 p.m. if you're under the age 18. <laughs> He's out in the seventh inning every yeah, night. Man, they're going to have to pull him. Uh, go yeah, they're, they're speeding up the game just so they can get Ethan Solid yeah. in game before 10 p.m. So, uh, yeah, I just don't see a world in which an 18-year-old makes it to the majors. I think next year he is going to be in the majors. Sure. Um, which is but, still crazy, by the way. Yeah, that, that, which is yeah, insanity. Because he will be 18 years old for you know the first half of the season almost. Um, nuts. But yeah, there's there's literally no way. I, I just I if it happens, I guess it's you know it'll be one of the coolest stories that we've had here. So, exactly. Uh, but, I will gladly take the fat L on that. Y'all can rub it in my face as much as you want. I don't. I wouldn't care. But we're talking we're talking about an 18 year old um or a 17 year old 18 year old that like not only does he have to make it to the majors he then has to be good in the majors and that just it's such a tall ask like I just can't imagine it happening. I think he can major league catch right now. I don't believe he can necessarily triple a hit right now. Yeah. 
I think, so, I think that's a very good point. So that's where we're at with him. But super fun prospect in the grand scheme. Love him. So excited about Ethan Salas. In a redraft situation for this year, want zero to do with him. Yeah, absolutely. So be careful. Don't, do not take him. All the other ones we said, even if Justin and I don't love him, we understand Chorio, yeah. Langford, Holiday, Skeens, Cruz, Wood, Montgomery, Lee, and Meyer picks. Ethan Salas makes no sense as a pick. Don't no. do it. Yeah. So there you go. There's 10 prospects with zero major league experience that we're looking at this year that have some different places that they can fit. Some of these prices are going to change in spring too. Don't be surprised Wyatt Langford, if he's looking like he is going to break camp, then he's a top 100 pick without a doubt. I'm not I saying. Think, and I think Jackson Holiday is going to be. Yeah. Like I think yeah, once he would we skyrocket. Get, yeah. I think Jackson Holiday will be a top 75 pick um, and warranted. Uh, I think that Jack Trio, if there is talk that he could break the camp of the team, he's going to be top 100 picks. So like, And we'll monitor his stock. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. take a couple weeks to look at it because drafts don't go into the board until they're done. So we'll, let's let's wait 10 weeks, two, yeah. or 10 days, two weeks, try to kind of get some time in there to get some drafts. Right now there's let's, 19 let's wait drafts. 10 weeks. 10 yeah, weeks, 10 weeks will be a little bit too long. <laughs> yeah. uh, 10 days to two weeks. Uh, there's 19 draft champions in right now. Let's at least get, you know, 25 plus in there. And then we'll really see what Chorio's price is doing with this contract. But then, like you said, it could hit another jump if he then breaks camp too, or, yeah. or he's angling toward breaking camp. So lots of interesting stuff. Rookies are now a hot thing. I don't think you can fully ignore them anymore, right? There used to be a thing where people would be like, I don't even mess with the rookies because they're just such a crapshoot. Now they're such an instrumental part that you got to be well versed on them. Doesn't mean you got to take a bunch, but you should at least know what's going on with them. And then there's rookies that do have experience that we didn't talk about. Like Evan Carter, I believe is still a rookie, um, you know, along with other guys that appeared this year. We can do another episode on them, but I really wanted to talk about these guys with no experience because we used to never really take those guys even in draft champions. And now they are a real piece of, of people's uh, of people's drafts. So yeah. if, if you're taking one right now, who's your absolute favorite at their price that you would take consistently in DCs? Um, Holiday? Holiday. I, 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 yeah, I was trying to predict that. I, I figured that's where you were going. And that's fair. 192. I mean, Langford is the only one I think I've actually taken, but I've only done Gladiators. And you um, took him well past ADP. Yeah, our room way, pushed him yeah. down, and you said, "Fine, it's he's yeah. been there for three rounds. I'm gonna finally take him." I mean, especially with the ADP having gone up, I think it's been, it was like a hundred picks over where the it current ADP is. So, uh, and that was really a lot to do with just the value. Um, yeah. So he's uh, just sitting there at the top, teasing everybody. You said, "Fine, I'll take a shot." Yeah, gladiator. Uh, I agree on Holiday. By the way, that like that he is so intriguing because. There is such a good chance that that 192 goes up. Uh, Skeens is my favorite, but Holiday's right there. Uh, Going to be a fun group, though, and don't sleep on Cruz at 507. I like him a little bit more than Justin there yeah. for this year. We both love him long-term, and none of these guys are getting shade long-term. If you're in Dynasty, they're all coveted and di- very difficult to get to. But, uh, Justin, I want you to have a great weekend. It's before December. we go. Oh, yes. Before we go. Something for me. Yes. So uh, we've been gauging interest in a sleeper in the bus podcast. That's right. That's right. Listeners uh, gladiator league. I'm going to reach out to NFBC uh, this weekend and see if that's something they'll even set up for us. Um, And uh, if you want to get into it, uh, jump into the discord um, over on our Patreon. Uh, I think it's a four dollar and twenty cent tier because we're children. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, and if for some reason you can't get, in, or you don't want to join Discord, something like that, just just hit shoot, the shoot. Yeah, give me a uh, on Twitter at just Mason FWFB or Paul at Score, uh, and uh, we'll try to see if we can get you the link once it becomes active. Right now, we've already had like I think twelve people, you know, say they want in, so there's Perfect. not going to be a ton of spots. We could do a second one if there are a bunch of people Absolutely. who are part of the Discord that want to jump in. So yeah, so uh, we're going to be getting that, that going. I, I say we. All, Justin's the planner. Go ahead, finish. I'm sorry. And that's obviously contingent on um, on uh, NFPC being willing to set one up for us. I, I don't yeah. know that they uh, will because because it's a overall contest. Um, though I guess we could always them just set up individual leagues that aren't part of the overall. So, or just say. Can you create a new one right now? We all jump into it. 
it, yeah. even if it's not like yeah, set maybe. aside for us. So yeah. maybe we have to do that. But either way, we'll get together and get a bunch of us in one. That sounds great. I can't wait to get it going. And thank you as always for setting all that up. It makes life so much easier. You're always setting up the leagues for us and getting everything situated. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to do a Gladiator with y'all. We can do a DC if people want to do that. So express your interest. If you want to do DC or Gladiator, we're going to do the Gladiator first. But if then we mm -hmm. get a bunch of people that want to do a DC, we can get in one of those too. So, all right, Absolutely. Justin, have a great weekend. I also want to point out, Probably next week we're going to start a third episode oh, in the middle yeah. of the week. Let's do so it. I, th I think we're going to be going Monday, Wednesday, Friday. If Wednesday works for you, that'll be the day. It's going to be three times a week consistently. And then when Jason gets back in, then we'll have four episodes a week. So just yeah, want to announce that wait. too. So for those of you that listened late, you can get in a draft and you know about an extra episode coming. So have a great weekend, Justin. I'll talk to you later. Take it easy.